It is a free market government. Freedom is the key point. We're the natural home for people who've got progressive mainstream values. We're focused on the needs of everyday Australians. Barry Cassidy hosts Insiders on Sunday mornings on ABC TV, at least when the pharmaceutical industry helps him actually get to the studio. Crook again last weekend, Barry, after coming back from overseas. Yeah, it wasn't well. I don't know what I brought back with me, but it was uh, pretty severe, but I'm, uh, I'm back on deck. Yes, but, well... Uh, get well and get fully well as soon yep. as possible. Uh, so many issues swirling around as Parliament has continued down its um, chaotic path at the moment. It mm. seems to me a bit odd that the um, the Parliament is operating with members who may be next week or the week after ruled not to be eligible to be there. So there are, for instance, Nick Xenophon, who is under a cloud, and Barnaby Joyce is under a cloud and so on, wheeling and dealing on permanent changes to Australia's laws, such as climate change, and coal on the one hand and energy targets and media laws and yet they may not be eligible to even be in the parliament. Well, that goes all the way back. It goes all the way back until the last election at least um, that a lot has happened and a lot of lot of laws have been put in place since then um, and maybe some of those who voted uh, were not eligible to vote. So it's... Um, I suppose you don't just suddenly stop in your tracks and, uh, and, and, and accept that that's a situation. If that's a situation, it applies an awfully long way back. So the coal lobby have flexed their muscle. They've congratulated the Turnbull government on sticking to its knitting on, on energy policies and uh, the chief scientist, Alan Finkel's report recommending a renewable energy target and, clean, and, and, and uh, ways to negotiate the future may well just be pushed aside. What's going on? Well, I think what happened here is that uh, uh, the government had um, had two choices. They, they faced with this sort of that there are high power prices and they're likely to be into the future, and uh, and there's an unreliability about energy supplies. So what did they do? They could have gone on the defensive. That one thing they could have done is to come up with a long-term, clearly definable clean energy target, give the industry the certainty it needs, and then allow them to invest and, and, and to improve the situation. That might happen, but it's going to be a slow process. In the meantime, what they've decided to do is to go on the attack, and that is blame Labor, basically, for everything, that it's their fault, and if they were to get back into power, it would be even worse. And that is that was working? Well, I think, of course, if, if it's the, 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 when you see the kind of relentless attack that's been going on, then some of that will work politically. It won't do anything for the, for the cost of power. But the other part of the strategy was to make uh, the industry itself, to turn the industry, or AGL in particular, into the political pun- punching bag and start to turn on, uh, turn on AGL and, and make them the demons that they've already made the, the banks, um, which is an unusual thing for a, for a coalition government to do, uh, to demonise industry in order to win a political political point but but that's that's what they've done and it it is really quite um, quite extraordinary when you think about the nature of the attack and and the rhetoric around AGL because w- what they're saying is that AGL has a deliberate strategy in place to make power scarce and therefore more expensive that increases their profitability. They've actually raised this 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 idea that what AGL is about is closing down one business so that another business can be more profitable. Which is the sort of thing when the Labor Party raise it, the people on the Liberal side say, "Oh, you're full of crazy conspiracy theories." They'd be going berserk if uh, if the Labor Party was was to be doing this to to a particular industry when they were in government. They've talked about profit gouging. They say that that's what AGL is about. They're about profit gouging. Barnaby For their shareholders, at regardless and trashing the consumers. Yeah. yeah. And Barnaby Joyce was reported to have said in the in the party room that he, he accused him of shorting the market, which is something that he wouldn't want to say uh, outside of the party room and be clearly on the record. Um, it, it's 
it, it is an unprecedented kind of approach, and quite apart from the fact that they're telling private companies how to manage their business, which again is something that we haven't seen from coalition governments uh, in in the past. Uh, it just me it. It strikes me that they've got short memories because at some stage the debate in this country is going to go back to the company tax cuts. This idea that ordinary taxpayers ought to finance massive tax cuts for big companies. Now we're being told that this is the way the companies operate. They're only out for profits. They're there to gouge the consumer. And yet these are the very companies that the government will tell you on the other hand... If you give them profitability, they will then – it's a good thing because then they'll pass on their profits to workers. So they can't have it both ways. They can't say this is the way business works on the one hand, using AGL as an example, and yet at some stage they've got to go back to the other argument and say, no, 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 companies in this, in this, in this country aren't unscrupulous. Uh, the Minister for the Environment and Energy, Josh Frydenberg, is, is tireless in his efforts to communicate with the public is barely a day goes by when he doesn't pop up somewhere in our mainstream media. Uh, but by and large, at the moment, what he's saying is, look, just everybody be patient. It's an important uh, change to adopt a mechanism like the clean energy target and one that you wouldn't do without fully understanding the impacts on affordability and reliability. But you can understand the impacts on affordability and reliability to say that they're rushing, they've been in office now for more than four years, they've lived with this direct action policy over all that time and have done nothing towards a clean energy target. And even after the Finkel report came out recommending it, they didn't get the skates on then. And it'll be towards the end of the year before they get get moving on it at all. And then it, it appears now as if it'll, it'll be under some other name and, and it won't be anything like what, uh, what Finkel has recommended. Okay, uh, late into the night and this morning, the negotiations over reforming Australia's somewhat arcane media laws continued and much pressure was applied to South Australian Senator Nick Xenophon from the Xenophon team, who this morning announced that he will support the legislation. A regional and small publisher's jobs and innovation package worth $60.4 million over three years. The government has accepted that public support is necessary to help small publishers and small regional newspapers, as well as to create opportunities for more cadetships and for regional students to study journalism. So we're changing the law forever in exchange for three years of taxpayers giving 60 million bucks two years to, I think it is. to private sector yep. regional publishers mm -hmm. how come that's good direct subsidies cash now going to commercial to the commercial media with and the expectation not even the commitment but the expectation that they will match some of the 60 million in some instances yeah and and why the media they say that because the media needs this injection because they're struggling a bit well how many other companies how many other industries in this country has gone through that kind of experience and didn't get this kind of support it, it's um, again it's it, it's so inconsistent in its approach and the scholarships themselves if, if you pay 30 scholarships for, for rural students, right? Now, uh, many of those journalists might study for those jobs that, that are not existing jobs in the end. They'll, they'll, they'll go through the process and not have a job at the end of it. And then you've got this other one, the cadetship program, and that's the fully funded, well, pretty much fully funded. It's $40,000 per person. 
expecting to expected, not promised to be matched. Well, yeah. what, you know, well why would it need to be matched? I, mean, I think you can employ a cadet for forty grand in oh, a country newspaper, it'll, but it'll cost you more because you've got all the add-ons and yeah, super a bit more. And then, then so might be a sixty thousand dollar job of which the taxpayer's going to going to pony up for. All right, and then what happens at the end of two years when when these the, when the when the thing stops what and, and suddenly any? the journalist needs to be paid sixty or seventy no, grand no. to keep them on? See you later. What happens to them then? Bye bye. So it just seems to be a very temporary measure. But but it's it's this idea that for some reason. And the commercial media is now eligible for these direct cash grants and other industries are not. I guess what it means, though, we now have a bigger public media in this country. It's not just the ABC and SBS anymore. Well, well, um, the rural media can the, be, uh, there'll be some extra put in jobs, that category. But, but this is said to be the only way to deal with the threat to the Australian publishing industry from Facebook and Google. And uh, I... I Quite frankly, I don't think at headquarters of Google and Facebook they're going to be shaking in their boots of saying, oh, dear, that's the end of Australia well, for until us. Until yesterday, the government thought there was another way to deal with the, with the threat from Facebook and Google, and that is to, to make the changes that they put on the table and not the changes that Nick Xenophon then added uh, to the mess on the table. Right? It, it's, um, and, and that is allowing the, the big players like Murdoch and the rest of them to own a newspaper, radio, TV in the same market. That's, that's the big change. And it's probably overdue because the media landscape has changed dramatically. Um, but th- that's, that's what the government put in place. The rest was there just to get Nick Xenophon's vote. A couple of other quick things. Yesterday, the ABCC boss, the Australian Building and Construction Commission boss, mm. Nigel Hatchkiss, uh, tendered his resignation to Senator Michaelia Cash, the minister responsible, who accepted his resignation. Uh, he was in breach of the laws he's supposed to be enforcing, so his departure was uh, called for in various quarters, particularly the CFMEU and the ACTU. Mm. But now they're persisting and saying, well, the minister knew about this for now as much as a y- nearly a year and she should go too. That seems Is that overstretching it? Well, no, because the government has taken that position that he should leave. Um, so the, the government having come to that position, why did Michaela Cash not come to that position a year ago? Because it wasn't when proven she first or admitted, had, had it was it. only alleged. Yeah, he has since admitted it and he admitted it in a, in a court of law and so that will, be that, her, that will be her response today. Look, it's in the end, it's, response, just, it's just it? a bit... It, yeah, it'll, it'll, it'll do. <laughs> it, it'll get her through another tricky day. Um, but it's... Um, in the end, it's an embarrassment because the ABCC was such a big issue at the last election and indeed it was the reason that the government took the country to a double dissolution election and now the head of that organisation has shown to have shown a bias uh, towards employers and against the unions. That's, that's the embarrassment that they have to deal with. And quite separately, former Minister Stuart Robert from Queensland, now a backbencher... Yeah, that's a real sleeper, that one, ..under isn't it? investigation <laughs> over... He's, he's been accused by his political opponents of having commercial interests that are in yep. contract with the government, which yep. is not allowed. And he says, well, no, first of all, I've shifted that company's ownership to my parents yeah. and it's not me that owns the interest in that corporation anymore. Yeah, and the citizenship thing has taken attention away from these kinds of things. This is not the only example of this, but but this whole idea of, of MPs benefiting in some way from government contracts is the sleeper issue, and that'll come back... That'll come back, I think, to give the, the government some trouble once the citizenship thing is dealt with. All righty, and then there's robo-debts. We talked to Alan Tudge early this morning. The postal survey on yep. marriage equality is out. <laughs> so there's plenty going on, plenty to keep you busy on Sunday morning. Yeah, Very look bet. forward to it already.